We'd Like a Word. Welcome to part three of this episode of We'd Like a Word on collaborative writing with me, Paul Waters. And me, Stephen Colgan. So we have been talking to Ambrose Parry, which is the pseudonym of two writers, Chris Brookmeyer and Dr. Marissa Hatesman. And they're married. They're a married couple. And they've written three books and A Corruption of Blood, kind of historical crime, is the third one. So that's two. But we're going to take it up a notch now to three writers collaborating. We're joined by Martin Jenkins and Dan Brotzel, two of the three authors, along with Alex Wolfe, of what used to be called Kitten on a Fatberg, but is now called Work in Progress. And that feels like it should be the other way around. But, you know, the Work in Progress being a bit yeah, more absolutely. dynamic. Kitten on a Fatberg is a brilliant title. So, Mar- Martin, what, what happened? With the title, Kitten on a Fatberg became the working title. But it was the marketing people. Uh, they said um, it wasn't a goer, which was a shame because we loved it. And because we crowdfunded, we actually raised the money on that title. And a lot of people, uh, our pledgees, were, uh, were actually rather disappointed because they'd known it as Kitten on a Fatberg. Uh, I, 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 think, I still think it's a, a, a very uh, immediate and memorable title. But uh, there you go. The, the marketing people disagreed. So, um, we, we, we... Is, it, is it worth fighting? Because I went through a similar battle with, um, with my latest novel because the, the title, well, it, it, it looks like Cockerings, but it's actually pronounced Corrings. And I had a bit <laughs> of a fight to keep that on the cover, but I said, no, you've got to get noticed these days. You're up against all these celebrities and you want people to click through on, you know, whatever website they're buying their books from. So the more memorable the title, the better, surely. And I, I won the battle in the end. And um, sure enough, it's what everyone's talking about at the moment. They're talking about the cover of the book and people are clicking through. So Everyone's talking about going... cock rings. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> might, I mean, you've got to be careful how you search for it online, you know, because it is actually spelled cock rings. But if, if you utterly believe that that's the right way of doing it, I don't know. I mean, the other title, it's a nice title, but it, it doesn't jump out at you. I think because we funded the book... And it was subsequent to that when they, they, they were giving us feedback about subscribing into bookshops, etc. So, I mean, I actually quite some while ago, but I spent a little 10 years working for Waterstones. So I, I, I took on board what they said about um, how it was being subscribed into to shops. So, I mean, I mean, it was a purely commercial de- decision. We, we got very attached to the title because we'd just been using it and, I think it did its job raising the money, uh, but um, yeah, what, once once that was all um, done and dusted. Well, if at the end of the day it helps you sell more books, then you can't argue with it, can you, at the end of the day? Because that, that's what matters if you want to keep going as authors. Uh, oh, yeah, no, absolutely. So we're, absolutely. we're talking about collaboration and co-writing and writing partnerships. So tell us about the three of you, I mean, how you got together and how you work together. Well, coincidentally, we all live in the same street, but we were members of the local writers group. And it, it, it started without a particular um, aim of completing a book. It was more an exercise where it, the book's about a writers group. So rather, a bit meta. At first, I think there was a bit of a thing of trying to top each other with uh, sort of twists and turns. But at, at some point we thought, yeah, this is coming together. This is actually a book. So then we started sitting down and thinking you know what's the story arc you know what what what, what the end point's going to be but it, it, it was 
pretty easy. There were no wild disagreements along the way. We we just um, I, th- I think it's because we had that earlier period where it, it was just a bit of fun and messing around, which proved that we could do it pretty easily. So um, it was just done almost exclusively, as the book is, through email exchanges with, with occasional trips to the pub, except for the when it became clear what, what the ending was going to be. You know, we, we didn't plot too much detail. We always left it open. You, you're never quite sure what was going to happen. Could I read a little bit from the description of the book? Because that might give listeners a bit of an idea what we're talking about. Yeah, sure. About. No, that'd be lovely. Yes. So, yes, so it's um, the title, again, is called Work in Progress. And the subtitle is The Untold Story of the Crawley Writers Group. And uh, it says they've all got a book in them, unfortunately. In December 2016, Julia Greengage, aspiring writer and resting actor, puts up a poster in her local library inviting people to join a new writers group. The group will exchange constructive feedback and generally share in the pains and pleasures of this excruciating yet exhilarating endeavour we call literature. So seven people, each in their own way, a bit of a work in progress, heed the call. Uh, There's Keith, a mercenary sci-fi geek who can write 5,000 words before breakfast and would sell his mother for a book deal. Tom, a suburban Lothario with an embarrassing secret. Peter, a conceptual artist whose main goal in life is to make everyone else feel uncomfortable. Alice, who's been working on her opening sentence for over nine months. John, a faded muso with a UFO complex. Blue, whose doom-laden poems include Electrocuted Angel in the Headlights of My Dead Lover's Eye Sockets and the notorious Kitten on a Fat Bird and my favourite person here and Mavinder, who sadly couldn't make the first meeting or the second, but promises to come to the next one. Soon, under Julia's watchful eye, the budding writers are meeting every month, read out their work and indulge each other's dreams of getting published. But it's not long before the group's idiosyncrasies and insecurities begin to appear. Feuds, rivalries and even romance are on the cards, not to mention an exploding sheep's head, a cosplay stalker and an alien mothership invasion. They're all on a journey and God help the rest of us. And then, crucially, a novel in emails about seven eccentric writers written by three quite odd ones uh and two of whom we are talking to right now i've done a couple of collaborative works in the past um one was non-fiction which was actually quite easy i did that with dr sue black it was a book about bletchley park and that was quite easy because we did alternate chapters i was writing about the history of the place and she was writing about the campaign in the present day to save it but i also a few years ago got commissioned to write some scripts for jerry anderson for the uh new captain scarlet series that was made in cgi which sadly collapsed and died it wasn't great but um but the thing that i found i wrote that with another uh, writer and the real difficulty we found was we weren't short of ideas and of course we all wanted we both wanted to put all of our ideas into there but the hardest part was maintaining a single voice to to tell the narrative did you have any problem with that no i think i think kind of the the story is quite voice-led in a way um, and I think in, in a way we were bizarrely actually quite helped by the fact that we didn't have a huge idea of the plot at the very beginning. So it was kind of very much exp- ex- sort of um, expanding on, on this fun idea of, you know, these, 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 these would-be writers interacting. And we, we all, I think we all felt that we knew quite a lot of these 
kinds of people being those people ourselves and we all we all kind of picked two or three characters which we all each of us went away and kind of developed them sort of sketched them out and then presented them to the others um and then it was just a question of kind of letting them play really uh and and i actually often think that voice is kind of more important than than structure in a way because you can fix structure but getting that that voice and starting to see them interact and then over time we you know with some important obviously pub editorial conferences and so on um you know we started to see how they could have arcs and how those arcs could kind of coalesce into a into more of a novelistic shape eventually that's very much how a lot of writers rooms work on tv shows for example uh, i mean i know people like david quantic and joel morris and people like that, who work on big writers rooms on tv sh on shows like veep and that tends to be the way they work that you know anyone's free to lob a, a joke bomb into the into the meeting but they tend to concentrate on being the individual characters because that way it, it the character never quite does anything out of character etc yeah, I think when I think we really enjoyed that, each sort of running our characters. And then uh, often when we meet in the pub, we would, um, you know, we would talk about, well, what would, what would Julia, you know, what would Julia do in a situation like that? And how would, how would, um, how would John react? You know, and then we, and then we were seeing how their backstories were playing out. And it was almost like each of us was sort of putting on a, a different hat or mask and, and just kind of um, spitballing the, you know, how they would, their interactions would play out. Um, and I think we all had, I mean, I think we also had, you know, I have great admiration for the other, um, you know, for my fellow writers, and they came up with all kinds of things I could never have come up with. So we always had this sense that hopefully that what we were building, this, you know, the whole was very much greater than the sum of its parts. I, I think by the end, we could possibly just about have started writing each other's characters. But, you know, for most of it, we felt like each of us felt very much that those characters belonged to that person. So there was never this sense of kind of anybody trespassing it was more kind of let's let's get them all working together yeah i i felt it was almost like method acting um you know my my characters were blue and john and i was in a headspace when i was you know replying doing an email where i i was them and it, it was it, it was quite freaky actually i mean i've Talking of acting, because I've, I've done collaborative stuff, because um, I've done community theatre, pantos and other th theatrical projects. And obviously that, by its very nature, is collaborative. I've, I've co-written uh, uh, quite a few scripts and, and performed. And um, yeah, th it, it struck me this, this project was almost like the, that, that sort of ensemble um, in a very cooperative sense. It just, it just sort of it was quite easy and it, it but that's, just... that's very common that's very common in drama isn't it with script with scripted works i mean as you say you know galton and simpson and you know all these various double acts quite often or sometimes treble acts who write sitcoms and films that that's quite common i would have thought it was slightly more difficult with a with a novel though yeah i mean i, I suppose we had we knew we knew there had to be i think you know we, we were all interested in writing novels so we knew there had to be some kind of shared destiny the destiny at the end and, and this this wasn't telly as it were you know it had it had to kind of have that sort of arc and we're particularly blessed in having Alex who's um you know he's a real kind of plot whisperer he has this ability to just sort of look at a manuscript and and sort of see the to see the landscape of the plot lines and see where they're not working and which is something I can't do at all and he's got an incredible sense of structure and um so so oh, oh and originally I think we'd had the idea that they would end up it's kind of quite a dark finale where they were going to end up on a chat show and one of them was going to shoot one of the others or something um so we always knew that it would be kind of um 
you know, there, there will be something quite, there will be some sort of big set piece finale. Um, and then I think over time, which we hadn't planned out at all, but I think it's possibly something to do with the nature of email as well, as we found that actually the, the plot became much more of the flavour of farce, really. Um, and then that, that kind of led us to a, a slightly more farcical finale. So going to specifics a little bit, would one of you say, you know, you're in a particular chapter, one of them, you start off with your character and kind of lob the ball over the net, the other two and see who came back first and then just kind of build on each one and, uh, and yeah, then would I mean, you go had... back over it and, and sort of knit it together more properly? I mean, there was a final sort of editing phase, as it were, but a, a lot of it is really as we did it. Because the great thing about email is that somebody, you know, it doesn't have to be too systematic. Somebody could email three times in a row, you know, or somebody could, um, um, you know, two of them could go into a kind of side conversation. You could, and when you set up an email account, and actually, you know, so they all, you know, they all locked things in. But we had two characters in particular, kind of catalysts, which we realised in retrospect. One was Julie, actually two of mine, one was Julia, and she's quite bossy, and she's the sort of um, kind of mother figure of the group, and she's the one that gets it off the ground, although as, as it turns out, she's got quite steely ambitions of her own, and she's, she's you know, there's, there's a dark side to her ambition as well. But so she would be constantly chiving everybody and saying, come on, you know, let's get past this conflict, or when's the next meeting? Uh, and then we have this other character, Peter, who's... Um, He's odd. I think that's you can we can say that at the very least. And what 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 Peter Peter is really only enjoying himself when he's making everyone else feel feel uncomfortable. Um, oh, we all so, know you know, Peter. He, we all know a Peter. Yes. <laughs> so and but but obviously he he, he calls that art. So um, he he he's a brilliant catalyst because he's always coming up with kind of sort of deeply uncomfortable sort of exercises and prompts and and things that cause you know tensions and frictions in the group and that, and so we realized you know over time as these interactions started that those there was a kind of built-in motor if you like that those those two were um giving us that was kind of moving the story on yeah i think um because you're never quite sure because we didn't plot that well in advance you're never quite sure what you know one of the other characters is going to uh, drop into the mix and I think that's why it ended up in that quite farcical mode, because there was a little bit of escalating and, oh God, you know, that, that, that's a bit of a crazy idea. Yeah, no, I'll set that off. And um, so, it, but that, that, that I found very exciting, you know, because there is, oh God, I wasn't expecting that, you know, and then how, how would my character react to this situation? And, and certainly Peter is, is a brilliant creation that, uh, like I say, he obviously thinks of himself as some master conceptual artist manipulating these people, you know, sort of Machiavellian. And he's just a marvellous creation, just as, uh, you know, he turns everything up to 11. But, I mean, we were working on a new book, same three three of us. Um, and again, I think the, you were talking about structure and getting it all together. Again, this is sort of a, a composite documentary format exploring a, a very English cult um, quite a benign one but um, but I, again I think like the email structure the documentary structure enables you to use a, a lot of voices a bit of back and forth and stuff can be um, put in obviously there's reoccurring uh, characters and uh, their, their uh, contributions 
Yeah, so it, it is just finding that structure, which which is sort of baggy enough to um, let everybody get a voice in and um, see just well, see where it leads sometimes. What about uh, conflict then? If you're thinking, I want my character to survive or triumph or whatever, how do you resolve conflicts? Well, obviously, we're all deeply lovely people. So um, <laughs> there, there, were, there, there weren't any real disagreements um i i think um i, th I think one of the things one about, the things about uh, collaborative yeah. writing is, is you, you have to to some extent park your ego um if you start thinking these are my characters i've got you know look at me look at me it, it's it's just not going to work I, I was thinking about this this morning and i thought you know if if the people you want to collaborate with if you couldn't sit down and play a game Monopoly with them without ending up in a fist fight, uh, don't bother because it's just not going to work, I don't think. And also, you've got to give it time because none of us are in a position where we could, you know, this was the, the main gig. We, we were all earning a living. So you just got to let it breathe and let it take time. Realize people might go, you know, be going off on holidays or they might have a work overload or something. So you were all together in a writer's group. How many people are in the writer's group in real life? There's a kind of, um, there's a core, I would say, of about five. And then there's a kind of rolling squad of about another, maybe seven or eight more. It changes a little bit, but it's, it's, it's so any, any group meeting will have between kind of four and eight people, I would say. So how did you manage to come together as a trio? As in, how did you manage to get rid of all the others? <laughs> <laughs> well I, I don't know really i mean i think i think we we had uh i mean martin and alex already knew each other quite well and i don't know i think i think probably the pub came into it other members of the group you know really had their own gigs and were very well established i, th I think i seem to remember we'd all sort of a bit of a loose end and we just it, it did start as just uh let's see this it's, it was more a writing exercise I'd like to stress that the other members of our group are are, are not the um, bunch of um, misfits that is in the book. I mean, they're not coded in or something. Um, but I mean, because we've all been in writers' group for years, and and some of them come from earlier group, more dis dysfunctional ones. I'm glad to say this one has has been an absolute joy for quite a few years now. We all feel very lucky to be in the group that we're in. We've got some really interesting people. We've got a really broad range. You know, we've got people who write. Uh, romance sci-fi film scripts we've had panto script you know lots of poetry uh, domestic comedies we've got a really nice broad range of genres and things so it's, it's really partly a celebration of that i think and um I, when i read when i look at the book now to me i see it as a lovely testament just to this friendship that the three of us have kind of developed out of that group and and, and over the, the time of writing it really and I, I do think there was something slightly miraculous about the way people like a few people said oh it's so cleverly plotted and i'm thinking like wow, how did that happen? And it, we kind of got very lucky <laughs> because we had Alex, who, you know, and the, I don't know if you've, you know, the bit at the end, the way the sent, you know, Alice's sentence comes, it all comes together. But I think this time round with this, our second one, we're actually, we've actually done a lot more work. Martha's done a huge amount of work on kind of building the sort of the world of the novel and the the mood, the sort of mood board. And Alex has done a, already done quite a lot of structure. And we've, we've done a lot on sketching out the characters. So I, I feel, I think we all feel we got quite lucky and we, we, we you know, in terms of preparing the next one, we, we're trying to leave less to chance, you know. Well, that in itself is an interesting point because we've, we've discussed a number of times on this podcast about the difference between plotters and pantsers. 
you know, the people yeah. who meticulously plot something out before they start, you know, chapter one, line one, and the people who, you know, like me, just run with it. I've got a vague idea of, of where the plot's going to go, got a good idea of a few set pieces, and, and know what the goal is at the end, but you go on a bit of a meandering route to get to it. It seems to me you've got a bit of both in the group and they don't seem to be butting up against each other. It seems to be working. Absolutely. Um, I suppose that's a tip for collaborative writing is, you know, play to your strength. I mean, I'm I'm hopeless at structure. I'd be quite happy for things to meander on for thousands of pages, probably, you know, um, (laughs) just see where they go. And as Dan indicated, you know, I think what I'm good at is an overall feel for, you know, the ambience. I, I can write tons of background but with no particular view of where it's going to go for the new novel for example this cult i i did a whole bibliography of the guru leaders books which which actually stands you in good stead because it gives a sense of depth and um i mean alex strength is structure dan you've got a brilliant eye for continuity and and just the the, the odd u-turn or or you know unexpected um sideways jump you know which mixes things up i mean i think it was no coincidence peter was your character well congratulations um, on succeeding work in progress <laughs> is available for people to buy thanks very much guys thanks very much guys that's um been really informative thank you very much brilliant thank you bye-bye so that's dan broxel and martin jenkins two of the three authors of along with alex wolf work in progress and the subtitle of that is the untold story of the crawley writers group if that whetted your appetite We've got a number of paperbacks to give away of Work in Progress, so you can read it for free. And the way you get your hands on your special free copy of Work in Progress by Dan, Martin and Alex is to retweet our tweet about the programme, about this episode, and it'll mention them. So if you go to at We'd Like a Word and watch out for that and then retweet it and, you know, say, give me a free book or something like that, and the guys will send you one. And if you're not on Twitter, we're also on Facebook. We're also at We'd Like a Word. So if you want to, to share it on Facebook as well, we'll take that into consideration as well. So it's either retweet it or reshare it on Facebook or Twitter. And uh, I suppose we'll just pick, the, pick some at random, shall we? Yeah, that sounds good I don't good know idea. how else we do it. I mean, we can't say the first 10 because that you know immediately disadvantages people in different time zones so i think we're just going to have to put them in a hat and pick them out randomly uh, also we always like to hear from you you can get in touch with us our email is we'd like a word at gmail.com actually it's wed like a word at gmail.com because we're not going to say no apostrophes and no apostrophes or yeah. urls frustratingly yeah. but so anyway feel free to get in touch with suggestions of guests or if you want to come on and talk about a book yourself uh that's we'd like a word we'd like a word at gmail.com and we have a website with details of this episode and past episodes it's and that is wed like a word.com we'd like a word.com wed like a word.com that's probably it for now i think it is thanks very much for listening in uh we'll be back with another episode sometime in the future It's all a bit erratic at the moment because Paul's just getting married and uh, I've just got my new book out, which is, of course, it looks like it's Cockerings, but it's pronounced Corrings. And it's in all the bookshops and all the places you buy books now. Got to get that plug in, haven't I? Yeah, and it's very funny and you should get it. I've got it. It's good. I'm reading it. Oh, good. I'm enjoying it. That's kind of you. 
I'll check some of the books. So, All right, then. Well, yeah. thanks, very much. <laughs> thanks very much for listening in. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. So for now, you've been listening to me, Paul Waters. And me, Stephen Colvin. On Weed Like a Word. See you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs>